Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today on this Sunday special, we're going back to F1 Drive to Survive to watch episode 8 when we left off from episode 7 last week. We were watching Ferrari. Now, I think episode 8 focuses primarily on Nico Hulkenberg and Renault. So this should be quite interesting because the last Renault-specific video or Renault-specific episode that we watched, if I remember correctly, focused on Daniel Ricciardo, my man Danny Rick. So now we are going to delve into the mind of Mr. Hulkenberg and see what his thoughts on the, I guess, on the 20, what was it, 2019 season were. Episode 8, Musical Chairs. I am starting it up right now. Alright, how long? 38 minutes, so... Just, uh, you know, a bit over half an hour. Okay, we have Will Buxton at the very, very beginning, and he's saying that Renault have not fought for World Championship for over a decade. Which is true. My computer has not caught up. The quality of the footage is... Like, 2... Like, 480p? That's not Netflix's fault. That's either... Not... not it might, I mean the application. It might be the application's fault, but not the way that they filmed it. It's either the application or my computer. But, okay. Talking, uh, considering I was talking about the quality of the video, I wasn't quite paying attention to what they were just saying. Okay, Cyril. I think I got that relatively wrong, actually. V, no, not VW. Renault team boss is saying that Nico is an experienced driver. I need to turn my volume down, actually. Just, just so I can hear what they're saying, but not so it's like two voices at the same time and I have a hard time speaking. Okay, Cyril's saying that their ambition, their target is to be the best at everything. Well, well, like Ferrari and Mercedes, actually, he just said. Okay, the problem with Renault trying to be the best like Mercedes and Ferrari is quite obvious. They're a midfield team at the moment. And they have got a massive uphill climb in order to not be a midfield team. Whether that's engine or chassis, they need to step it up. And to be honest, I kind of feel like it's both. It's not just the engine. I think McLaren with a better engine would definitely be up there with at least Red Bull. Renault, I don't feel the same way. Renault, I think, just needs to... <sighs> Renault, to me, just needs a better car. A, a more... And I know this is going to sound quite lame coming from me, but... A more well-designed car. Not that it's poorly designed, but one that can take them from midfield to the top teams. And trust me, I couldn't design an F1 car properly to save my life. So, I, re I recognize the lameness of a peasant like me saying that. So, at the moment, we're kind of with Daniel Ricciardo. Let me, can I pause my space? Okay, I just want to get the Netflix application to kind of catch up and improve the quality and whatnot. I wish I could change or fix it, but there's no... Unfortunately for me, there is no uh, no like quality changer to 1080p or anything like that. So, Cyril wants Renault to be up there with Mercedes and Ferrari. They've got a big hill ahead of them. And the team that I think is stealing what would have been their thunder, assuming they had any thunder, the team to me that is stealing their thunder is McLaren. They've got the chassis. To an extent, they've got the drivers. What they do not have are the engines. That's what they need. And maybe a few other technical things here and there. But I think McLaren, 
with a really good engine could definitely fight with at least Red Bull. And Red Bull is a top team, but to me, they're, they fluctuate. Because sometimes they're up there with Ferrari, which is just a step below Mercedes. Well, two steps below Mercedes. And then other times due to Ferrari flunking, Red Bull is the second tier team, not the, is the, yeah, is the second place team, not the third place team. But if they could, if Renault could catch up to a bad Ferrari, which is kind of most of the time, or a decent Red Bull, they'd be in really, they'd be in a really, really good position. Can't fix the quality. Oh, well. All right. On, on with the video, with the episode, we have 35 minutes and 30 odd seconds left. Before the end, we are 2 minutes and 40 seconds in. We are in Montreal at the moment. Okay, apparently 2019 was the last year of their initial agreement. Nico is now speaking, and he's saying home for him is Renault, and he's happy there. Nico, does, Nico Hulkenberg did not have as deep of a voice as I was expecting. I was expecting a much deeper voice. I'm not, gonna, I, not to say that his voice is bad. No, no, no. It's just caught me off guard. Daniel Ricciardo was just speaking. He was saying... There was a few things that didn't make it because I was obviously talking, but he was saying that, in in short, to paraphrase, he thinks the relationship is good, there's no BS there, it's just, you know, may the best man win, and that's exactly as it should be. Alright, the Canadian Grand Prix has started. Hulkenberg started in the thick of it, apparently. Ricardo was a little bit, as they said, unsteady, but good or decent start, nonetheless. The Renaults are split, it would appear, by a singular Red Bull. And I bet you that that is... I think it would be PR... PR... Pierre Gasly? Alrighty. What's, what's interesting is that... You know, F1 Drive to Survive, as I've said multiple times... Tends to focus more... Quite a lot more, actually... On the behind-the-scenes stuff... Rather than the actual racing. But... Four minutes and ten seconds in... And we're getting a, quite a... We're getting quite a bit of racing footage. Perhaps it's roughly what it would be in a normal episode, but... Once again, not bad, just actually a pleasant surprise. Because not as far as I know, not all of the team radio makes it onto the TV broadcast. So if there's something I if there's one thing that I'd like to say that I would like to see in more F1 Drive to Survive episodes is more of the behind the scenes conversations between the drivers and their crew chiefs while they're on the track. I mean, there are videos where you can see them talking all the time, but I would I would like that to be featured in F1 Driver Survive as well. It would add another layer of, you know, something you just don't get when you're watching the actual broadcast. Sorry, was saying that Nico apparently has the pace to be as quick, if not quicker, than Daniel. You know, I actually wrote an article, 2019, I think, about, about something that irritates me about Daniel Ricciardo. And in short, in that article, I said that Daniel Ricciardo is my favorite F1 driver. Most, predominantly because of his personality. But I'm not entirely sure he's the best driver on the grid. You know, that to me goes to Lewis Hamilton. But what frustrates me about Danny is that when he's good, like especially with his dive, his dive bombing maneuvers, he's a godberry. He is a godberry. Like he could contend with Hamilton, and I think relatively easily. But he doesn't seem to get into that flow state, if you will, all that frequently. So he, he has a lot of really good consistent results but no fantastic or very sorry very few fantastic championship creating results and that you know obviously that bothers me because I want to see Daniel win or at the very least become a championship driver 
Nico was currently, or was then asking what Daniel's pace was, and he was told the pace and how far away Daniel was. And now, it's going to be a Renault-on-Renault battle. It seems they got past whatever car had split them apart earlier. Nico just said he has to get closer than where he's currently at. The gap before was 2.6 seconds. Now, the gap is 1.3 seconds to Mr. Ricardo. Or Ricciardo, as it's supposed to be said. Nico's just been told to hold the position. Which is behind Daniel, for those wondering. Apparently, they need to cool the car now. And he needs to op- and in order to do that, he needs to open a two-second gap to Daniel. Oh, Nico is not pleased. He said that's BS. He seems to have opened the gap, though. Nico just said, so just tell me not to race. That's fine. That, to me, seems very slightly like an inflammatory statement. He's like, okay, fine. Just tell me not... You're like, just tell me to stop driving, okay? Is that, if, is that what you want? Me to stop driving? They need a two-second gap to the car in front <coughs> Daniel's car to cool it, apparently. Alright, back on track. Once again, we are getting a lot of on-track footage. We're at six minutes right now. And we've had a full... We've had almost two minutes of non-stop racing footage. I like this. I really, really like this. And, and now, within those last two minutes, we were, st- we're starting to get more of what I was just asking for, which is a lot more of that behind-the-scenes driver-to-crew-chief to conversations that I like to see on YouTube. This is exactly... Exactly what I was looking for. I don't remember what the places were. Apparently we're at the end of the lap, though. Alright, race has ended. Nico's talking about how he was asked not to race Daniel, not to attack him. And he's saying that as a driver, that is obviously frustrating. He says, but we're here to race, and we're here to win. You know, essentially, don't pull a Red Bull, and don't pull a Force India. I think that that's basically the short of what he's saying. He's now saying the team is kind of under pressure to secure a good result, though. And uh, Nico ultimately just wanted to bring it over the line and bring it home. Frustrating, but I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he chose the, the better result for the team. Sometimes you do have to be selfish, but other times it's not worth it. Apparently, though, they did talk about that call at length after the race. Alrighty, now we are with Daniel Ricciardo in the paddock. We are at the Red Bull... We're at the, not Red Bull, Renault building, it would seem. Nico's kind of just strolled straight in. Daniel got stopped by, I imagine, one of the people who own the team? There's Cyril sitting at a table with a few other people, speaking with Nico at the moment. No, no, Daniel, sorry, Daniel Ricardo. Apparently, loyalty is very strong in Renault. Loyalty towards Nico's really high. That's, that's good to hear. But I feel like that's just a little bit of lip service. I'm not sure how true that that genuinely is. Nico's getting onto a what looks to be a private jet. <laughs> it's a it's a not Renault F1 team jet. That's fantastic. Apparently, they're kind of joking around on a plane at the moment. Cyril was asked, "No, so I think one of the camera people asked Nico to ask Cyril if he's happy with I guess the driver lineup and." Cyril said, yeah, Nico would not ask me, would not tell me directly, or would not ask me directly. Cyril is currently stating that now they're in a position where they can probably let the drivers race. So I think what he's kind of getting at is they can, they can now risk it just a little bit. They can allow the drivers to, to drive, to race. Private jet has landed. Where art thou? We're in France. 
Le Castellet. Paul Ricard. Thank you. Paul Ricard. You'll love to see it. We are currently following Daniel Ricard. Oh, but also a Nico Hulkenberg. And also one Cyril. Yeah. Alrighty. We're on a very, to me, Red Bull-esque podium. And we have the Renault Boyos. Oh, and Will Buxton. Love to see him. Oh, there's Alan Prost. I forgot that he's at, that he's at Renault. I think he's... I know, I know... Well, for a while, I know he was... He was with Renault, I think, as... Not, not as a consultant, but... Special advisor. That's... Yeah. I guess it... That's... Well, that's sort of a consultant, then. Hmm. But in any case, I kind of forgot that he... A, he was still in Formula 1, and B, he was at Renault. You never saw him as much as you saw Nicky Lauda to me. Nicky Lauda was very... I mean, part of that is due to the fact that Nicky Lauda was at Mercedes... And they were a top-level team. And they were they always had the cameras on them. So, I guess that has something to do with it. Daniel's just been asked how it feels to be the funniest driver on the grid. He also thinks he's the most good-looking. He says he worked on that, though. But just with age, not, uh... Just with age, not plastic surgery or anything. <laughs> he's definitely one of the most smiley people on the grid. That's for darn sure. Let's see. How far are we? We are 11 minutes into episode 8. Whoa, Nico Hulkenberg has the longest record in Formula or longest career in Formula One. And and that's Will Buxton is saying that that's a record. He Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg has the longest career in Formula One. That's amazing. He doesn't look that old, to be honest. How long how long has he been in the sport? Apparently though, he's never stood on the podium. And Will Buxton is saying that, that that's got to hurt. And that there's no way Nico doesn't doesn't think about that. I know I wouldn't. I know I would never not think about that. That's for darn sure. I think they're doing. Okay, they're doing a bit of promo right now. They're doing a. They're doing like a wired autocomplete interview thing. They've got a chart on Google and they've. So like Nicoberg pronunciation and they've cut a bunch of stuff off. All right, we're at the Renault F1 team base, if you will. Cameras following them around everywhere. Daniel just stole stole someone's phone. Daniel can juggle? Dang, boy. This is just reinforcing my belief that Daniel has one of the best personalities in Formula 1. Did Daniel just get bread in a French shop? Daniel just said, we can start drinking now. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Alright, enough of that though. Race day! Paul Ricard, let's go. I really want to drive Paul Ricard, actually. I really, really need to get a Paul Ricard mod for a set of Corsa. Nico is saying that he likes Daniel and they have a very good relationship. It's quite funny. Love to see it. Good camaraderie. Very underrated. Just being driven around Paul Ricard and look, looking like some kind of airport tug with a people basket on the back of it. Alrighty, on the grid, talking to people, Nico Hulkenberg is. Being interrupted by Daniel Ricciardo, he was. How many minutes? 15 minutes, about 16 minutes in now. Everyone, it's crazy seeing how many people are on the grid. It really, it's, it's just hard to comprehend just how big these F1 teams really, really are. Even the ones that, even the ones that only make, only make it. Even the few that get to go to these races, like in person, it's still... That's a massive team. 
Like, forget life support. You have a small army. Multiple small armies on the grid. Okay, we have the French nas National Anthem. See, France is Reno's home country. I'm not sure if Paul Ricard is their home track. I'm not sure Reno really has a home track for Formula One like Ferrari does with Monza. Or maybe Imola. But, I'd imagine there's a good few Reno fans in the stands. Much like there would be Ferrari fans for Monza. Or at Monza. LM process saying that they had a goal to be closer to the top teams this year. 2019, I believe. Oh, but unfortunately, they're not performing so well in what I'm assuming is 2019. Everyone's kind of gearing up. The drivers are getting in their racing suits, walking across the or across, walking around the grid. Will is saying that Cyril's under pressure. But particularly when you have ambitions to take your team back to the top. You know, like in 2005 when you had Fernando Alonso. Uh, steam. There's already steam and the race hasn't even started for one of the Renaults. I don't know if that's... It's looked to be coming from the tires of the brakes, so... That's... Okay. Ooh, one of the Renaults is way behind the other. Though I'm not sure which Renault is the one ahead of the other. It would appear Daniel's the one who was ahead of Hulkenberg. Alright, Daniel Ricciardo, over trying to overtake at least a Toro Rosso, makes the overtake stick. Alright, let's see, what's Hulkenberg up to? This might be, uh, that might have been Ricciardo, actually. Alright, everyone's going into the pit box, Daniel is pitting at the moment, got his tires swapped onto, they look like mediums? I don't remember what the white tire, or what, yeah, what the white lettered tires are again. Hulkenberg has just asked how many laps to go. Two left. Hulkenberg has been very displeased with this traffic. There are two Renaults chasing after Lando Norris at the moment. Lando tries to defend. Daniel goes to the outside. Goes to the outside. Gets it just past. No, tries to get it past Lando. Lando unfortunately had to go wide. Had to go off the track just a little bit. Lost a little bit of time to one of the Alfa Romeos. Daniel Ricciardo has to go wide. Seems to be off the racing line. Might get a penalty for that, but we have another Red Bull going to the left of the Alfa Romeo into a braking zone. Unfortunately, the stewards are going to have a look at the move Daniel Ricciardo made. I believe that one ended in a penalty. Makes sense. However, unfortunate, Ricciardo got seventh. Unfortunately, Daniel Ricciardo might be getting a five-second penalty for running off the track a bit. Cyril is dealing with the information. Renault is stuck in fifth at the moment. What an unfortunate end. Cyril is saying we un they underdelivered, underperformed, and it's hard to accept. Cyril is saying that if he doesn't deliver, he knows his life expectancy, expectancy likely at Reno, is going to be very, very limited. Apparently, Daniel's been locked in for two seasons, so... Wasn't Daniel swapping to... I thought Daniel was swapping to Ferrari this year. Oh, yeah, okay. F1 Drive to Survive Season 2 is set in 2019. How do I know that? I've just heard something about moving into 2020 from what seems to be a press meeting. So this was definitely in 2019. Cyril's just been asked if Esteban Ocon might be making it onto the team. That'd be... <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Esteban Ocon is the reserve driver for Mercedes, as it turns out. It looks like we might have shifted back to Mercedes at 22 minutes and 15 seconds into this episode of Drive to Survive. 
What's interesting to me is that Esteban Ocon was the reserve driver for Mercedes. And then last year, 2020, they swapped to George Russell. And George Russell made a fantastic showing when Hamilton couldn't attend. Oh, we're back at 2018 where, when Esteban was at Force India and uh, had a little bit of a skirmish with his teammate. <coughs> Team orders! I think we all remember tw that seat, that that spa race in 2018. A lot of a <laughs> a lot of team orders for Force India. And then they, you know, rebranded in 2020 to Racing Point rather lamely. But Esteban is saying that when you're out, you can be out forever. I think he means, you know, out of Formula One forever. We are back with Nico Hulkenberg, though, driving an RS Renault. If I had to guess, a Renault Megane RS. I'd be amazed if it was a Clio, I'll tell you what. Apparently we're talking about, Nico anyways, talking about something called Silly Season, and it's... Okay, he's talking about how, sort of like at the end of... Well, not of a season, but, at, you know, when you get to the end of a lot of people's contracts, things get quite silly. You have a lot of people kind of shuffling around teams. A lot like musical chairs. A lot like musical chairs. You know, you run around, and then when the music stops, you gotta pick a seat as soon as possible. Apparently, Toto is talking to Saro right now about whether or not things are going good. That's... That's rather interesting. It's funny because when you're when you watch the broadcast, when you watch the broadcast of the races, you hardly ever you never see any of these teams talk to each other at all. So it's quite interesting to find out that no, a lot of these people it would seem talk to each other when they're off the track. They really they really are well, to varying degrees, they really are friends off the track. Oh yeah, this looks like a began. But yeah, they act, they do genuinely know each other. Like seeing Cyril or seeing Toto on the phone with Cyril, I never would have thought the Renault team boss and the Mercedes team boss were that cl were had phone con had each other's phone numbers. All right, Sunday the race, and it's raining. Twelve minutes, roughly twelve minutes left in this episode of Drive to Survive. It looks quite heavy. Is this Hockenheim? Yep, Hockenheim. All right. This is the, if, if this is the one I'm thinking of, 2019, this was the, the race of attrition. One of many races of attrition we've seen over the years in Formula 1. And I don't quite remember how Renault did. I know Ferrari, uh, did not fare so well. But I'm not sure how Renault did. Hockenheim, let's go. They've had big rain overnight and in the morning. Light rain for the next hour, half Half an hour, two hour, apparently. German flag, that should be a home of Mercedes. Though, once again, I don't think... I don't think Mercedes can claim that Hockenheim is their track. Quite like Ferrari can claim that that Monza might, act, might to some extent, be theirs. Alright, they're gearing up. Hulkenberg just got weighed. The tire warmers are coming off. 2019 was the last... Is Well, yeah, was the last year of... Renault and Hulkenberg's initial agreement that has been uh, rehashed very late into this episode. Hulkenberg, I think he just said that if he gets into the podium, there's options to continue with Renault. That's very unlikely. But what other options? Like, does he have to 100% get on podium, or does he have to at least get close? Because if he has to get on podium, well, then that, that's just Cyril being delusional. Hulkenberg might be a good enough driver to make it onto podium, but the Renault is not a good enough car to make it onto podium. That's for darn sure. Hulkenberg tapped Grosjean a little bit at the hairpin. 
Hulkenberg thinks the front is okay. Hopefully it is for his sake. Oh, McLaren is sliding off on the drag. Drag part of Hockenheim and stopped. Thankfully didn't crash. Oh, it was Carlos Sainz too. All right, you have a Ferrari and a Haas. Charles Leclerc has passed a Haas but went very wide. The Haas is trying to come back at him but isn't going to do it. And that backs the Haas into the Renault. And the Renault gets the pass on the Haas. <clears throat> Good work for Mr. Hulkenberg. Breaking big time. Breaking big time is the hairpin. Now we're on the... It would look... Okay, Daniel is on the last sector of the track. Daniel is struggling in the conditions. It is just pouring right now. The McLaren of Carlos Sainz had a spin earlier near where that drag where the drag strip is at the end of the last double right hander before the start finish straight. I think Daniel just passed out for a mail. Nope, it was Nico. Nico Hulkenberg just passed out for a mail. He was seventh earlier. Now he's fifth. Now he is fifth. Very, very good news for Mr. Hulkenberg. Ricardo is now going past the massive hairpin at the end of the massive back straight. The Renault has just one of the Renaults. Daniel Ricardo's Renault, no, has had a massive engine problem. A huge plume of smoke just billowed from the rear of his Renault. Hopefully, we have to hope Hulkenberg does not suffer the same fate. Here's the question now, though. If Hulkenberg's car goes out, because I don't remember, once again, I don't remember how Renault did at this race. Nico's fourth. Good. This is very good for Nico. Like I was about to say, if Nico, if Nico's car suffers the same fate, well, Renault can't very well be like, okay, well, we're going to let you go because you didn't give us the result. You didn't give us the result we wanted. Uh, no, your car let you down. It wasn't Nico. Tires apparently are still good. Sorry, I was talking about how the team were making the, the right decisions. They were perfectly in tune with the elements. That's good for them. Botas has just pitted. Bit of a bad launch, but out of the pits, but whatever. Nico is second! Okay, Get, because Botas had to pit for tires, he is behind Nico now, but all Nico has to do is hold it and not make a mistake. And, and actually, just as importantly, not get screwed by someone else. The commentators are talking about how they really want Nico to make it onto the podium. He deserves to make it onto the podium, they say. Nico's been hoping to get podium since he was eight. Holy crap. No! Nico very nearly lost it! He's gotta be careful. He's gotta tread lightly. Kinda locked up the brakes at the hairpin. Possible oil on the track. All the cards are going against Nico right now. He's gotta be cautious in turn 10. It's a little bit dangerous, apparently. Verstappen has had a massive slide and he was... He was the race leader. He has spun. At the worst possible moment. Okay, Nico is a little bit closer to Verstappen now, though. Verstappen, in that spin, lost four seconds to Hulkenberg. Nico's just got to be very careful. Just got to be very careful. No, don't understeer. No, no. No, Nico slid. No. He slid where the drag strip was. No. No, he went too fast and understeered. And he can't get out. God dang it! No! 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 He put his wheels across the curb. He just went that little bit too fast! No! God dang it! I was... Mm. Oh, I was hoping Hulkenberg would get it! No! 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 God dang it! Heartbroken for him.
Sorry, I was saying that was something that was in his control, and he, he was in the car. He can't blame the elements. Can't blame another driver. Can't blame the car, even. The car was fine. He choked. Ah. No. No. You hate to see it. Okay, now, now, let's point something out with 3 minutes and 20 seconds left in, left in the episode. Let's point something out immediately. I don't know where Hamilton was, but wherever Hamilton was, him not being in the race helped Renault a crap ton. Botas having to pit and then technically not having enough time to catch up helped him a crap ton. This is something I said to my friend for 20, the 2020 F1 season because McLaren was getting really lucky. And that, and that was the thing I was saying. McLaren getting lucky does not mean they are a top tier team. They just got a lot of really lucky breaks because we didn't see them pass Mercedes or pass any of the top tier teams due to the strength of their due solely to the strength of their car or their drivers. Mercedes, Ferrari, even Red Bull were making mistakes and McLaren managed to capitalize on them. And hey, that's what you gotta do in racing. I'm not trying to undermine that, but that that luck has to be balanced with the realization that while that's good for us, that's really good for our standings, we can't beat them all the time purely on luck. We need to beat them on skill and merit of our car. If Red, if Nico didn't choke, that would be this. I'd be saying the same thing. Whatever factors contributed to Renault getting as high up on the grid as they did weren't purely or weren't largely enough just purely on the strength of their car. There were external factors that helped them get that far. And that's kind of always the case. But with Mercedes, they're so fast. It's the strength of their car. We know that it's the strength of their of their driver lineup. Ferrari, when they're doing good, same thing. Red Bull, when they're doing good, same thing. When a midfield team gets as high up as Renault or McLaren do, it's not, I'm sorry, but it's not, it's, it's not really the strength of the car. They were in a good position to capitalize on a massive mistake. And that does count for something. But if you want to be a top tier team, you can't rely on others making mistakes. You need to be good enough. You need to be good enough to get your own shots and you need to be good enough to make your own plays and to make them work. And so while this is a very, very disappointing result for Renault, Renault's not going to get that far if they have to, if they constantly have to rely on, on poor races from the top tier teams. They have to step their own game up. Rant over, I'm watching the episode again. Hulkenberg is just walking through, walking through, not the pits, not the paddock, just... Everything behind that is just walking through the area. For 2020, they decided not to renew Nico's contract, and they gave the seat to Esteban Ocon instead. Ugh. I'm so sorry, Hulkenberg. I'm so sorry. See, wow. Look, look, look. That was Nico Hulkenberg's fault. There is no denying that. The fact of the matter is, though, Renault needs to set their own game up because sooner or later, if you ask me, you can't, you can't continue to blame the drivers for their mistakes. Because even when the drivers make mistakes, if they weren't in a high position in the first place, well, that's not, that's not purely the driver. That The car has something to do with that as well. Look at, look at Max Verstappen. A very fast driver. Made mistakes, but the car is fast enough to be within the top three. Max just, A, has to get a good engine that doesn't blow up not get into accidents and then be not not get involved in others accidents and then be not 
or see at that rate, not cause any accidents himself. But when all, when all those stars align, it's a top three car. Red Bull, not quite. Red Bull needs to step the technical game up. They need a more powerful engine. Maybe they need a more competent chassis. Whatever the, whatever the issue is, whatever the situation is, they need to step their game up so that they can make their own plays and not have to rely on others making catastrophic mistakes for them to catch up. I think that is the end with one minute. Yep, we got the preview for the next one, and that is Williams. Preview for the next episode, episode 9, which will be next week, is Williams. And we have George Russell! Okay. And then we have, I can't remember his name, uh, the guy that Super GT likes to compare himself to on Twitter. I can't remember, uh, I wish I could remember his name right now. I wish I can't, but I can't. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. Anyway, though, that is gonna be it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed. I know I certainly did. That was a roller coaster at the end. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, well, thank you. And uh, please don't forget to hit the little notification bell. And then all notifications, that way you will be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then, before you set off, type in Cody's Car Conundrum wherever you get your podcast, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.